0: friends welcome back to at home with the lectionary we're so
1: glad you're joining us tonight
0: i, I always say welcome back like i'm presuming that they've been with us before but you know right. let's go with that
1: they've just okay. been waiting and you just said tonight the... it is tonight it's night it's nighttime okay.
0: <laughs> wherever you're at if it's not night for you you need to stop you need to visit us later <laughs> <Even>. um, <laughs> we hope you are having a lovely advent mm-hmm. uh, advent too oh, this yeah welcome to advent two. second Uh, Sunday of Advent Mm -hmm. in year B of the lectionary cycle. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Looking forward to getting to the readings. But before Mm. we do, we want to comment on
1: a couple of things. Last week, we were in Isaiah 64 and kind of toying around with thoughts about Isaiah's translation of Filthy Rags led to some really productive conversation with people, uh, virtual conversation online and conversation with people who li- with listeners. So um, I have been thinking about this all week as well and developed some thoughts. This is
0: Isaiah 64, just for anybody yes. who wasn't with us last time. This is Isaiah 64. Particularly verse through six is Four what six. In
1: um, so had developed um, the, these thoughts into a Substacks post. So I'll link to it because I was really pondering, wondering at this image of um, possibly those cloths having to do with the futility of and powerlessness of not having life-giving righteousness. So anyway, if you're interested in further conversation on that, I'd love to hear from you. I have heard from some of you, and that's been really intriguing and interesting. And I will link that in the show notes. But you've since put it into, a, you said, a Substack
0: post. Yes, which, which is kind of
1: like a <clears throat> Yeah, blog. for people like
0: me who are not <laughs> online much, What what is that?
1: Um, It's... It reminds me a lot of blogging days, yeah. but it's kind of curated. So it's just a link. And if okay, you basically, <laughs> follow I will link, link and <laughs> perfect. Yeah.
0: They don't need to know anything more. Yeah. Well, I read the post. I think it's, Stupendous, Marissa, I think it's very thought provoking, mm-hmm. yeah. um, not just because I think it's textually thought provoking, right? I think that's the the exegetical nature of it is, is a very curious thing to consider, but just devotionally it has mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. as well. So I thought, well, that is that that adds another layer to isaiah sixty four verses one through nine in a way that I think is actually meaningful. you know, it's not just. Not just different, it, mm-hmm. it has some real substance to it. So yeah, I was grateful for that. So I, yeah. I too recommend to people uh, that they check that link out. Um, you know what I wanted to tell people about? No. I. The, this is very, very trivial, but you guys, that's okay. I'm very- I have guesses, sometimes.
1: but it will be a rabbit shell if I say it. So what do, what do you so, want to before I, we My in?
0: advent calendar. I'm liking oh my advent <laughs> calendar so much. <laughs> I'm liking it. Okay, so I have to tell you guys. So Marissa gets all of us in the household Advent calendars for Advent every year and this year she got super creative ones for everyone it's
1: like a whole thing now it's right like a growing up it, it was kind of the generic chocolate the bell. and so we've done that and we've done some nicer chocolate ones over the years but in recent years. This has become, I mean, unsurprisingly, right? Like another consumer. Like,
0: yeah, people another are like, to make money. Of <laughs>
1: Christmas is consumer. Hold my beer. I'll make Advent a yes, consumer right.
0: holiday. We feel like it's you weren't like, spending enough money on Advent. It's people. like the
1: most anti-consumer. <laughs> it's sad. It's but however, buy, but they got me they got because, you. Um, you know, sure, more candy, but there's some really creative. Uh, creative ones Very. um to countdown so primarily yeah. for the children but also yeah, for Yeah
0: <laughs> no i mine has <laughs> Every day, it's got a miniature packet of different flavors of instant coffee. And I'm drinking one right now. This is an almond one. And it's so good. That's so great. I had oh, one I'm this pleased. morning and I had, because Advent, you know, so short. I had a couple extra right? doors that I was able to open. And, so two today. you know, some
1: really neat ones. And then we'll get to it. I like that we have chapter markers so people can just jump right to the collect. But, you know, there's somewhere it's <laughs> like a, li- a little box where it has, you know, 40 pieces of a puzzle that together you build the whole puzzle or there's like yeah, an escape roo- yeah. room one where it's like an envelope to the next clue you solve a little escape solve room a little type more puzzle yeah. solve a little more and of course they have many for little children that are like build a little tiny lego thing yeah. and um i found one that's like you embroider a very small uh piece of something that at the end of the month you'll have a finished work of embroidery. So anyway, it's, there's just so many ooh, fun, creative how cool things. Is that? Okay. People that was so us completely agreement. off topic, but yeah. it is admin. Okay. So I'll try and wrap it round, round to where we're going to go mm, pointlessly. Yeah,
0: okay. Good job. Um,
1: okay. But we are, in the season of Advent Tide, which is Advent of Christ the King. so have never heard anyone call it Advent Tide. Is that a totally made-up thing? you said that for the first time in is history. Is any of it Tide, like Easter Tide is a thing?
0: Christmas Tide is legitimate.
1: <laughs> is Easter Tide? I put Tide on I anything. Tide I haven't sometimes. said Pentecost Tide before. <laughs> That's right. Epiphany Tide. <laughs> so, I don't know. Len, I'm going to go with Tide From now on, it's Lentide. <laughs> so, what I'm wondering is... Advent calendars I have no idea what their origin the but calendar. I mean is <laughs> there's not is it just displacing the uh heart of advent to say we're just counting down to Christmas <laughs> in this sense and I know that obviously consumer wise yeah. that is what's going on No I I mean but, no, no I would Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please.
0: Um. I would say no. I think it's tremendous to have people counting down to Christmas in Advent, and here's why. Because I think part of the function of Advent is to get us orienting ourselves toward the anticipating the the parentheses recollection of mm. um the first coming of Jesus, because the part that is the exercise that we use this time of year to kind of uh, uh, you know, whip ourselves up to preparing and waiting for his second coming, mm-hmm. which is an ongoing thing, right? We're always waiting right. for his return. And so this is a season in which we we kind of go, hey, remember how nobody was really clued into the mm-hmm. first time he came? Remember how, like, they didn't have a calendar that would count down to the day that he came? Well, now we do. Now we, right. can, we can pin it on a calendar and say, he came, you know, and we get to kind of build our excitement toward the the nativity as a way of sort of exercising those same muscles that we use then throughout the year to wait for um and anticipate the return of the of the king. Mm. So yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also and I'm also yeah, I'm also biased. <laughs> uh, well but it is this bit yeah. was paid for by my advent <laughs> calendar. <laughs> Try this sponsor. <laughs> <But> Instant <laughs> coffee flavor. It's um, lovely.
1: But it is I think sometimes it's helpful as someone who is a very um can be an intense person I know that will surprise people who know me but um, <laughs> it can be hard I think if you love something like the liturgical calendar or seasons yeah. to then be like oh but I'm not supposed to or oh does that right. how do I fully embrace this <laughs> or well,
0: something Advent has a somber t- I mean, it has a um, contemplative or a penitential uh, right. air to it. it appropriately so so yeah, yeah so I, I get that so some of that of but also there. it can be
1: okay too
0: it is I give you permission. So, you know, whatever that's worth. <laughs> and not just you, but anyone listening. Have a good time, people. Enjoy this life. It's lovely. It's such a gift it's from lovely. God. Well, um, let's enjoy the word, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay,
1: so we're going to be back in Isaiah for our first lesson. Oh, but you're going to open us with with the collect. First, let's pray.
0: Let's do that. If you're new to us, one of our customs is we always open and close the the podcast with the collect, that is to say the collecting prayer that is offered for the particular Sunday. So here's the collect for uh, the second Sunday of Advent. Let's pray. Uh, Marissa, the Lord be with you. And also with you. And friends, the Lord be with you. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So, one last thing I need to say about Advent 2 is that every year it is John the Baptist Sunday. So, you know, just... You can go ahead and just tuck that one in mind. You're going to you know, be
1: time with John.
0: All these readings are going to well, point that Well, and historically,
1: at least medievally speaking, we've got, in Medieval Tide, we've got, <laughs> since I'm making up words, we've got, uh, Advent One is judgment, death. I'm listening. What is it? Which way? How does it go? I'm, I'm like doing the like, what is it? Is it death, judgment, I, heaven, and hell?
0: Um, Or judgment, yes, death, uh, heaven, and Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Okay, so
1: Advent is. 2 maybe is judgment. Yeah, I think so. Themes. Themes. I don't, Historically? I mean, yeah,
0: historically, yes, but I don't know if the lectionary corresponds with that. Gotcha. Okay. Lectionary would be okay. more modern than than, than That than would medieval. make sense. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they're not playing off but, that. But okay. Maybe they are playing off that, oh. but at any rate, it's always going to be John the Baptist. Uh, so, for so maybe
1: two. some repent <laughs> 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 language. And, okay. And we
0: have his good buddy, Isaiah, right?
1: Right. That, so here we are. Fit. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and tell her that her time of warfare is over, that her punishment is completed. For the Lord has made her pay double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness clear a way for the Lord. Construct in the desert a road for our God. Every valley must be elevated, and every mountain and hill leveled. The rough terrain will become a level plain. The rugged landscape, a wide valley. The splendor of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it at the same time for the Lord has decreed it. A voice says, cry out. Another asks, what should I cry out? The first voice responds, all people are like grass and all their promises are like the flowers in the field. The grass dries up, the flowers wither when the wind sent by the Lord blows on them. Surely humanity is like grass. The grass dries up, the flowers wither, but the decree of our God is forever reliable. Go up on a high mountain, O herald Zion. Shout out loudly, O herald Jerusalem. Shout, don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Look, the sovereign Lord comes as a victorious warrior. His military power establishes his rule. Look, his reward is with him. His prize goes before him. Like a shepherd, he tends his flock. He gathers up the lambs with his arm. He carries them close to his heart. He leads the ewes along. Here ends the reading.
0: It's interesting. First of all, just as a preface, I can't hear that text without thinking of Fernando Ortega's song. And he has one.
1: Prepare
0: of the, the all, way Ozan. Um no, he has one um All Flesh. Is oh, he's like got the grass. that one. He's also got a prepared The glory of the uh, glory of The Glory of Man Like a Flower. I am trying to remember oh, the Oh, I'll link transition. it. We'll yeah, look it up and I'll link it. it. That'd be great, thank you. So I just I think it's a beautiful song. Um I re- actually really like that one of Fernando Ortega's. If you're not familiar with Fernando Ortega, mm. he's a great musician to be aware of.
1: Beautiful music and he's done several albums that are liturgically oriented i think he's done maybe a Compline one he's done one for holy week he's been involved in anglican churches for years so i think he's no longer but 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 some of his music really uh aligns quite well so
0: so that comes to my mind but i what also i find this an interesting passage because on the Mm. one hand i hear of course comfort comfort i hear um the the words of reassurance that that you know lift up, lift it up and do not be afraid lift up mm-hmm. your voice with a shout there's this sort of like soothing and uplifting tone to it but there's also this sobering tone of of all people are like grass you know mm. um the, the, we wither we fall the word of the lord is what endures forever and then also we have in the middle of that sort of um kind of dual tone we have a voice of one calling in the wilderness or or calling in the wilderness prepare it depends where you start the quote but um a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord mm-hmm. and that you know the obviously the evocation of john the baptist right. is not a soothing it's not a comfort comfort my people mm-hmm. um character to reference um so i you know there's just there's mixed moods here for me there as is. I listen to this. Well and you?
1: well when i look at it i think you know this comes placed right after hezekiah you know, learns the messengers from Babylon come to King Hezekiah and he shows them his whole kingdom and his treasuries and, you know, kind of makes this error, tactical error, probably, uh, you could say. And, um, Isaiah comes and says, look,
0: yeah, that's just 39. Yeah. That's right
1: before it says what a little bit. What have you done? You know, in the kind of the pride of, of this moment you've, You've given given away the kingdom. And Hezekiah says, very well, but there'll be peace and stability during my time. So it's an interesting placement that we have this. I imagine textual critical studies have things to say about this placement because yeah. it feels... I know Isaiah is, is a book that textual critics have a lot to say it's about. It's so
0: true. Yep. Um, about, particularly about the editorial placement mm-hmm. of things, like what is going on with the overall volume.
1: Right. So I don't know if I'd make... Much of that, except I, I'm looking at it right now and think, huh, I don't necessarily think comfort, comfort right after that, even though this is such a familiar passage and beautiful opening. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a mixture of comfort, a uh, promise that that warfare will be ended. But I don't know it. It's hard to parse out for me because so much of this is familiar language. It's echoes of John the Baptist, but even this this imagery of valleys elevated, mountains made low. This has shown up in different songs and different images. So I would I would be curious to hear someone really exegete this and help us understand what's going on between between the texts and some of this imagery, the metaphors that are here, what does it mean to elevate the valleys and level the mountains and hills? Is it is it really to just make a straight path and for the king yeah. in that sense? Um, are there other layers there? It makes me curious, I think. Certainly this imagery, I may link to a thread too um, in the discussion having about Isaiah 64 last week some friends who are uh, linguists and translators were kind of commenting on some of the layered understandings of metaphor and they they mentioned some of this even what we get here in verse verse 7 and 8 this imagery of drying up and and withering the futility of human effort that doesn't come yeah. to fruition so i think I think there's probably layers here that we maybe don't catch when we're reading. i honestly, I feel that a lot when I read Isaiah in particular, yeah, I think it it some of the the poetry and the prophecy speaks on a level I don't fully cognitively understand. And then when I try to, I'm a little bit like, what, what is going on here? I don't know. (laughs) And and (laughs) I think
0: I, I I have a similar sort of, Mm. I don't know, dissonance with the book of Isaiah. There are these moments in it where you feel deeply connected to the prophet and what he's saying. And then these moments when you feel like the message is not really intended for you. Um, And I, I think Isaiah is one of those books that for me, kind of, I think keeps me in that appropriate, humble spot as mm-hmm. a reader. To not, this is an easy book for me to remember. It's not all about me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that Isaiah wasn't writing to my particular time, my particular person, or my particular context at, at all, um, and that there are going to be themes and truths that endure and and have voice for for me to listen mm-hmm. to. But that I'm I'm just. I'm not. There, there are specific things going on here in this moment, and in fact, I would, I would maybe springboard off of that and just say to anyone who's a preacher who's listening in on our podcast, which I always get excited to think of, fellow preachers just kind of rambling through the weeds of of our our thoughts here with us um, on these texts. But I think this is a text where I think it would, if you were to actually preach this text, you've got a, you, you do have a lot of contextual work to do. And I don't know that this, I don't know that Isaiah offers it. This is not one of those mm-hmm. moments where you go, here's clearly what was going on to what he mm-hmm. what he was speaking to. Um, big picture, yes. Micro, you know, the pr- more precise, I would say, probably not for this. So if you're going to use this, it's going to be something where you're, you're using it then to kind of color another text. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I don't think you could put your anchor in this very well.
1: Well, and I sermon. think if you're a lay person, this is one to go review. I think Bible Project has two videos. I think they kind of divide up Isaiah sense. into two right. overviews. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this this would be well worth reading. I think one other, no, I want to make, I, I, I don't like how the NET Rendered verse 11 here Uh, because I love this contrast of the closing verses that the sovereign Lord comes as this victorious warrior with military power. And And then then verse 11 is the shepherd and it's I'm going to read from. I think this must be it's the, the NIV. NIV. I have it in front of me here. If you oh, remember. okay. Sure. I was, I think this, what the, I have on my if phone. Sure. Yeah. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young oh, and that's beautiful. That imagery of such a tenderness mm-hmm. toward and gentleness towards, yeah. you know, the, the ewes. I mean, that's why NET has chosen this, but the, the mothers and the young, Contrasted with the military victorious warrior coming in might is just a, a beautiful contrast. And I think often we want to look at verse maybe, or you you maybe observe people looking at verse 10 of like the victory and the military might, especially in this context of like the warfare is over. But there's also this very personal tending and carrying, you know, yeah, picking up. It, the lambs. it makes me think
0: of Psalm, oh, let me see if I got this right. Psalm forty-five four. Hold on, I want to read this to you. Okay. Um, because and then I'm I'm ready to transition sure. and I'll, I'll hand the mic back to you, so to speak. But the the um beautiful contrasts uh of our God in that regard. This I this so this this um this invocation here mm. from this psalm. <clears throat> So it's, it's, it, and it's a battle one. It's like what you were saying the the Isaiah reading is, um, so this is coming from Psalm 45, um, verse three says, gird your sword on your side, you mighty one, clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. But then listen to this, this Mm. invocation in your majesty, ride forth victorious in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Mm. Let your hand achieve awesome deeds. Mm. I just, I just, I mean, like who? what a what a spectacular combining right. of things the truth humility and justice like that makes my brain kind of <laughs> twist around like w- w- yeah that's mm-hmm. That is that is the Lord, and mm. I just you don't I don't see that anyway. Truth, that's not a human pairing. That's we... just such a great combination. So to yeah. your point here, you've got this mighty warrior who who's great. The culmination of the whole description is, and then when he strapped it all on and everybody's scared of him, he's going to gather up the
1: lambs in his arms. Yeah, you know, it's really moms, lovely. the pregnant yeah, moms, going the, them. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, so we go to we head over the to, psalm. I'm go to the psalm next. Yeah. Yep, sounds that's good. You.
0: Uh, the psalm of response appointed on this day is Psalm 85, verses 1-2 through 2, and verses 8-13. through 13. I'm going to read from the 1979 Book of Common Prayers Psalter. You have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have restored the good fortune of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people and blotted out all their sins. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him truly his salvation is very near to those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land mercy and truth have met together righteousness and peace have kissed each other truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven the lord will indeed grant prosperity and our land will yield its increase righteousness shall go before him and peace shall be a pathway for his feet here ends the reading Hmm. With this one, Marissa, the, uh, in the middle there, I will listen to what the Lord God is mm-hmm. saying for he is speaking pe- peace to his people. I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry, he is speaking peace to his faithful people is how this one has it translated. Mm-hmm. I have a slightly different translation that I use for, um, I have a um, sort of a, um, I don't know what you call it, like a, a mini liturgy um, that I've crafted for listening prayer. Mm-hmm. And it uses that 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 phrase, it pulls mm-hmm. from, Five different phrases from Scripture, and that's one of them. I just think it's a a wonderful kind of bidding for us. I will listen to what the Lord God is Mm -hmm. saying, for He is speaking peace to His people, to His saints. That's how Mm -hmm. the other translation has it. Anyways, I wanted to highlight that because that's uh, of particular value to me. What about to you as you look at that psalm?
1: I think it it went so fast for all this it's imagery where I was trying to think, okay, here NET renders starting in verse 10, loyal love and faithfulness meet deliverance and peace. Greet each other with a kiss. Faithfulness grows from the ground and deliverance looks down from the sky. And so just thinking about each of those qualities, you know, it makes me curious yeah. um, seeing them all together. Deliverance and peace is it righteousness and peace what do you have in verse 10
0: uh, i think it's righteousness and peace or justice um, and peace have kissed a uh, righteousness and peace have kissed each and other. i
1: love this it grows from the ground and looks down from the sky there's just a kind of a generous it's kind of a generous imagery here it's yeah. everywhere all these things meeting when i um, love this
0: idea of them kissing each other is mm-hmm. not obviously obviously it's not i don't know if it's obvious or not but it's not romantic right, 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 in, right. in our kind of contemporary sense of what a kiss means but Rather a greeting, and um, and it's like a greeting of two that belong together but have been separated and have maybe um, reunited. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the the kiss the of greeting, greeting right? Mm-hmm. Of like, ah, there you are again. You know, it's been so long.
1: Yeah. So, so there's the a, like a restitution truth, there. Uh, yeah,
0: mercy and truth belonged uh, together, mm-hmm. and now they're back together. Now
1: they're back, and yeah, and pe- prepares a pathway for him. This is we're getting this. I'm with Isaiah, right? Clear, clear the way level the paths and here also the final verse deliverance goes before him and prepares a pathway for him. So you've got deliverance Mm -hmm. shall go before I've
0: got. So um, the Psalter has righteousness shall go before him and peace shall be a pathway for his feet. Would you read us yours again?
1: Deliverance goes before him and prepares a pathway for him. And they have a little, a little note here that some, some suggest instead of prepares, um, making it shalom or peace since deliverance and peace are related earlier in verse 13. So it could be peace. Peace makes the pathway for his footsteps, but um, there's just, yeah, the imagery of preparing the way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all of these qualities that really, I think our souls do long for these things. I mean, they can sometimes come as, laden religious terms like oh righteousness or oh faithfulness, you know. And maybe we get a pat definition or maybe we have some kind of concept. But I do think we long for these things of peace, yeah. shalom, deliverance, justice, faithfulness. The and words
0: become so commonplace to us that we think the virtues are as well. But yeah, they're not. They do. We, we and I think that's why I was kind things.
1: of like, oh, it's going so fast. Like I'm I'm reading these words, but I'm not quite able to digest them at that level. So this maybe is one to linger with this week.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe not one to linger with now. You want to go on? To uh, the epistle? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's, let's go on.
1: It. Okay. So we're in second Peter.
0: Yeah. You remember every Sunday in Advent, we're going to be in a different epistle. So we're not walking through any particular epistle. Okay. Uh, we are just going to be straight on theme here, uh, which is almost strictly going to be the return of Christ the King. I would think. But Let's I'm eager find to out. Second Peter
1: Second Peter three verses eight through fifteen a, which is always bothers me when it's like an a part. Of the it's verse.
0: usually with good cause. Usually it is. I think with for the little verse. Oh splits. yeah, I'm
1: going to have to read a little more though. Okay, <laughs> you'll That's know when I stop. But okay, okay. Now, dear friends, do not let this one thing escape your notice: that a single day is like a thousand years with the Lord, and a thousand years are like a single day. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some regard slowness, but is being patient towards you, because he does not wish for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief when it comes. The heavens will disappear with a horrific noise, and the celestial bodies will melt away in a blaze, and the earth and every deed done on it will be laid bare. Since all these things are to melt away in this manner, what sort of people must we be? Conducting our lives in holiness and godliness, while waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of this day, the heavens will be burned up and dissolve, and the celestial bodies will melt away in a blaze. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness truly resides. Therefore, dear friends, since you are waiting for these things, strive to be found at peace without spot or blemish when you come into his presence and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. And that's where it ends, but I have to read the next bit. Just as also our dear, but brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of of these things in all his letters, some things in these letters are hard to understand (laughs) things, the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they also do to the rest of the scriptures. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you do not get led astray by the error of these unprincipled men and fall from your firm grasp on the truth, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the honor both now and on that eternal day. Here ends the extended reading. (laughs) That's the close of Peter's epistle. I
0: feel so silly that I've never made this connection before. Okay, let's hear it. I can't believe this. Okay, um... I mean, it's, it's nothing profound. It's just going to kind of like boggle my mind before, but okay. I have one of the prayers. So often when people come forward for communion uh, and children who aren't baptized, who haven't been baptized or who don't receive communion for whatever reason, that would be the typical reason, um, they'll come forward with their parents usually. And um, you, as a priest, you typically would pray a blessing over them of some sort, pray some sort of prayer over the child instead of you know, offering communion. And one of the ones that I've taken from the mm. prayer book that I typically pray is that as they grow in age, they would grow in grace and mm. in the knowledge of their Savior Christ Jesus. Mm. And I've never I've that, never that's, found... so, that's kind of like standard <laughs> language, right? I've never thought like that's, that's, a that's Second <laughs> Peter. That's Second Peter is what that is. Second Peter three, uh, eighteen right there. So right.
1: well that's that that's so the prayer book. I'm sure someone's yeah. done the math on it, but is so richly right it's scripture Somebody all throughout once told and me
0: and i don't know what right. they were basing this on but that it was it is that the the prayer book is 85% i mean not counting the psalter just the liturgies are 85% quotations of scripture oh, That's about right and that you know i have no idea how accurate that is but that feels about there right I would it say, is very rich very
1: full with scripture
0: yeah so and many of the liturgy, and even
1: listeners have probably noticed. You can hear it even in the collects. There are phrases that are being yeah. woven woven phrases, throughout. Yeah. Okay, so here the point, obviously, the lectionary is not trying to make is how difficult Paul's things are to read. Though yeah, I love always you that to go it's on, there.
0: Poor Paul. He's
1: like, I did. I, I tried. Well. I, I just think it... Peter's it,
0: not throwing him under the he's bus. He's not. saying other people are using his difficulty well, as an excuse. And right? that
1: will just preach yeah, all preach. the way down here but to this day. Because I mm-hmm. do think Paul's epistles are some of the ones that are most easily co-opted yeah, by people who seek to confuse and mislead others. Um, and for me, it's always a little bit of a flag if 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 there's such a focus on maybe an epistle of Paul's. Right. To the neglect of the the gospels, the for instance, usually, yeah. and um, we don't need to pit against the the whole council of God It doesn't need to be pitted against yeah. each other. But but I do think there is a sense that um, it can be twisted to their own destruction as, as they do the rest of the scriptures, as as Peter says here in verse sixteen, and and here's a warning for us to to maintain a firm grasp on the truth and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. That is the antidote is not to be like, so yeah. clever to spot all the errors, but right. to it, the antidote is to know Jesus. And it, both the knowledge and the grace of mm-hmm. Jesus,
0: right? That yes. Jesus is known both for his great grace, his right. graciousness, his kindness, his love um, as well as, as the knowledge that comes yeah. with him. So absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, it's a great point that but falls ho- ever, outside outside of the, readings.
1: <laughs> the parameters of our so, instructed reading. But the, <laughs> back to
0: obeying the lectionary. Uh, when when we yeah when we're we, getting you know, uh,
1: this, this. We've got a couple things here that that have that pop up in popular Christian imagination. Right, this a thousand years is like a day, and also the, the thief in the night reference yeah. here, and some of this apocalyptic, vivid imagery of the sky you know yeah. melting or elements
0: being dissolved with uh, fire exactly
1: um even lord haste this stay that we get in hymnody, we get some of some of these images so it can be a lot yeah because i don't know what peter meant <laughs> When he, when he was writing to yeah, the, the It's a great
0: moment for him to kind of try to point the spotlight onto Paul. You know, I
1: mean, I mean... What I I'm saying here is said, very clear.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think that's confusing, Paul. I mean, have you read some of his stuff? Yeah. Like, no, Peter, you're being a little bit difficult right now.
1: Too. I mean, if I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. If I had to say, if we were looking at this, his thesis, however, is not for us to ponder what does it mean when the celestial bodies melt away? If I had to wager, I'd be curious if someone dives into this passage. I imagine there's some contemporary thought going on there. I think, I think that is for his listeners. It would have landed in a different way 2000 years ago. I think I'm, I'm guessing, but I do think his point is the final here. Therefore, therefore you're waiting for these things. Strive to be found at peace without spot or blemish, when you blemish, when you come into his presence, yeah. it is in Aaron's sermon this morning, you were this, we're recording this on a Sunday, talking about um, Advent is the reminder of what comes next. Like yeah. when he comes, this is what we're waiting for. We don't know if it will be today or a thousand years, but what comes next is is Jesus returns. That is what's next. That's the
0: sign of the fig tree
1: that he offers. It's the sign of the fig tree. And so the, the point is to be striving to be found at peace and regard the patience of the Lord as salvation. There is a sense of hastening, but it's his kindness that delays. Hastening,
0: but with gratitude for the way, gratitude for his, for his, Uh, Yeah, he's not slow
1: concerning his promise, and he is patient. He does not wish for any to perish. And I I love that, because I do think there can be a sense of, well, why? Why, Terry? Why so much heartbreak and grief and suffering in 2,000 years of human history? and. Peter, I don't know if he had that in mind when he wrote this. A day is like a thousand years. Maybe he had some mm. some insight, some supernatural insight, right. or he was offering a word to people who had kind of expected Jesus's imminent return yeah, and were suffering. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a sense here of, no, that is the Lord's kindness. And to me, that really reflects uh, what you see in the the narrative of the people of God of Israel again and again, he, he tarries and there's an invitation to exactly. repentance and, and the judgment will c- come, but there, there is a, a lot of waiting to offer opportunity for repentance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the first coming of Christ involved a whole lot of waiting and beyond what people thought the expiration date had come and gone, right. you know? So I think there was that sense of, is he even going to ever come to begin with? And and then he does. And of course, so many people miss that boat and that's tragic. But, right. um, but this is why then Peter's point is like, yeah, he, he tarries still because he is still, and I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know the economy of God in that regard. Like how that, that stirs in me questions. Like, what does that mean that, that, Actually, it would be in his desire that none should perish; that he would he would tarry, and yet are not more perishing in that time. So it's a you, know, you have to wonder. <laughs> I, I do wonder, as somebody who is you know devout, devoutly committed to the Lord, who is you know in in uh, integrity with the faith, um, you know believes in the authority of Scripture. I still find myself going. I'm not sure how that math all pencils out for God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means, that the waiting is is actually a mercy and all that. I, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot to wonder about with that.
1: Well, and um, the NET is yeah. gonna hand- handily on that say, this verse has been a battleground between Arminians and Calvinists. <laughs> that is accurate. Yeah, I mean, right. there's a sense where when we try to resolve it, it is difficult it's for difficult us to, to do. Resolve, yeah. And I, I do think it requires a trust. And I do think perhaps that's why Peter's Expounding on that a little bit and yeah. saying it's not that he's slow, it's not that he's indifferent, it's we're going to trust that it's his yeah. kindness, his desire that none would perish. And I think that there's solace in that.
0: There is, and I think, you know, particularly with the epistles, one of the ways in which we half mishandle them is that we think when they speak to when, when the writers of the epistles speak to a certain issue, um, that the we walk away going, well, I guess that means I shouldn't have any questions because they just provided the answer. But actually, if you look at it a different way, you can say, actually, the fact that they're speaking to it Mm -hmm. affirms that there were people who had questions in the church and I I too am one of the people in the church. So I need Peter's teaching, but Peter's teaching doesn't resolve necessarily all of my questions so much Mm -hmm. as it speaks to them and affirms that I'm not Mm -hmm. the only one with them Mm -hmm. in the church. So I appreciate that. That's a
1: good way of putting it and um i think as always with the epistles in particular it's it, just kind of like you were saying about isaiah these are for, for us and also they were they were written with a very personal intent these yeah. are letters these yeah. are letters and and so they were written very in, specifically yeah. <laughs> so that yeah they were that, they were that matters i don't think people. i don't and can you imagine if peter had sat down and thought I guess I need to write something that will be for need, the next 2,000. Years. But I need to write it. It'd be so paralyzing. It to this you know, moment, it, that's not right. what he would have been thinking. Future questions of unknown people. Yeah. So, okay. No, wh- no, do no. you want to um, address? One
0: more... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just or did you want a specific?
1: Thing. Well, just all of this apocalypse the Are day you, of the lord imagery, yeah, I have
0: one I have one thing I wanted to say about that. all right. let's hear it. you mentioned the thief in the night phrasing yep. here. um when we get to apocalyptic language like this from jesus and in in the epistles, I'm going to exclude revelation from from what I'm saying here because I just don't feel like i am yeah. solid enough in my head to include it in my statement. But when we get to apocalyptic language like this, often there is this sense there is this thief in a night, thief in the night uh, concept. That nobody knows the day of the Lord. Stay awake, and so the idea is that you're going to be caught off guard. Uh, mm-hmm. That the moment is, um, that the moment is going to get you unawares. Mm-hmm. And actually, I-, I think that is not what this language is trying to convey. I-, I think what this language is conveying is that for those who stay awake and alert, it's not a yikes, it got me out of nowhere. But actually, it's a very clear. The, the- lot of the language here. Uh, indicates that the signs are unmistakable for anyone with open eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that actually you can, you mentioned the fig tree, the, from Mark 13, um, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, mind the lesson of the fig tree, which Mm -hmm. is when the branches are supple and it begins to put out leaves and little shoots, you know, that summer is near. Mm -hmm. And so again, the the messages sequence there. It's not, uh, it's not necessarily or the summer is coming, you know, it's, it's yes, a degree of imminence, but it's not a, sp- a fixed date with, with, with that language of, um, the, I think the lesson is you, you can't know the precise time, but I, that for us, there's like for many, it stirs an anxiety of, then I'm going to miss it because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And actually I have to, it's going to be like a thief in the night. I might not even see it coming. It's just going to, you know, whammo out of nowhere. I, I don't think that's what the teaching is trying to mm-hmm. indicate. I think it's actually saying you, you can't miss it if your eyes are open. Live every day with that readiness for it to come. And um, here's just like one thing to back up my point, um, though, if I could do a more thorough and point mm-hmm. to a lot of verses, I think I could make this case quite strongly. But if just one to point to is, uh, Paul speaks about this in First Thessalonians 5 he says now brothers and sisters about times and dates we do not need mm-hmm. to write you if you know very well that the day of the lord will come like a thief in the night okay so is paul saying why would we give you dates because you can't it's going to get you mm-hmm. no he's not he's saying um while people are saying peace and safety destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape but you brothers and sisters Note the contrast, he's Mm going to say, "'You are not in darkness "'so that this day should surprise you like a thief. "'You are all children of the light Mm -hmm. "'and children of the day. "'We don't belong to the night or to darkness. "'So then, let us not be like others Mm -hmm. who are asleep, "'but let us be awake and sober.'" And he goes on. My point is that for anyone whose eyes are fixed on Jesus, I think the coming is intended to be quite clear by the mm-hmm. dramatic signs that Jesus says will proceed.
1: Well, and this is even, it makes me think of the parables we've had leading up to Advent about this imagery of the, the servant or the doorkeeper waiting. There is a sense that if you're, if you're waiting expectantly, that's what you're waiting for. So yeah, A doorkeeper doesn't have trouble encountering exactly. the return
0: of the master it, the master yeah. comes right up to the gate and the
1: same thing yeah. like the people with the surveillance cameras watching for the thief are not taken off guard by a thief you know in that imagery Precisely. to press that same thing with a laboring woman labor pains may come suddenly but she's expecting she's totally aware that, that, that is that the language happening. we use like this is what she is looking for like, what <laughs> what is it's this not. um yeah exactly so i do think i think you're right i think Certainly, when you pair it with these other images of the day of the Lord, what how I would be curious to know what was their understanding of that sort of thing, whether it was literally. Did they really? Literally, was Peter intending literally? Things are going to melt away and dissolve, or was was this reference to common apocalyptic themes? I would be curious to know more about that. But again, it feels like his point is we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness truly resides, and that makes me think of our readings from Isaiah and the Psalter, like this longing for the renewal and restoration of all things. Yeah. And for that, and for that, uh, it, in the, in the judgment of things dissolving, I don't, I don't know a lot of questions with that part. (laughs) Well, it's a, it is a sort of text that gets your
0: mind spinning a little bit. It does. I think it's a a useful and powerful one. It could be a good one
1: to preach. Mm. I think it
0: would be something interesting for a person to dig into for a sermon.
1: Though, is this the one Sunday of the year you get John the Baptist? Do you mean we get him other times? I, I feel
0: like I think I want to say certain years he lingers into the third Sunday of Advent. But okay. um,
1: but this is so it's hard to I not mean, preach I, on John the Baptist. Yeah, you're going to have Advent him a little tide. bit. Yeah. During
0: the <laughs> <during, laughs> old tide of Advent. Um, you're going to hear him a little bit at the baptism of our Lord in January. But I, I, I think this is so this is the that would be hard sure. maybe to yeah. skip. Yeah. So um, speaking of which, let's do it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Let's flip over. We've got Mark chapter one. This is the intro for Mark's gospel today. Mark one, one through eight. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends the reading. Mm. One of the things I enjoy so much about year B in the lectionary cycle is that <laughs> we've got the focus on Mark's yep. gospel, and it's so terse. It is. I, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> you know, if you turn to the other gospels, you're like, we're missing some core components of John's message here, um, and that's what we get. So very interesting.
1: And... I mean, I love the Gospel of Mark as well. I'm always very curious. I think in recent years, having heard, I, maybe it's been around a long time, but I only heard about it in recent years, the theory that, you know, Peter Taking recounted, Peter, yeah. you know, his perspective to Mark, who recorded it. Um, but I do like the immediacy of it, the very fast pace of it, though I'm always longing for the storyteller's details, but he has got some pacing. <laughs> like there is no, like nothing lost. He's just going to keep no, no keep Rose. us turning the page. I think if someone out there is considering preaching on John the Baptist, he is such a familiar figure that I think we just read right over all the peculiarities and the the I I want someone to kind of unpeel (laughs) the layers of the onion because, you know, he shows up in comics. He shows up in cultural conversation. He shows up in certainly um, even nominal Christian storytelling, but why Mark who includes so few details? What are the ones he gives us? You know, that he's a a baptizer, that he begins his preaching and it's repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He gives us the location where he's at what he's wearing and what he's eating. I find that so interesting. Like there's so few details, but he wants us to know. So clearly iconic of
0: John the Baptist.
1: Yeah. This, and, and what that means. I mean, I think we can come to that and think, okay, there's this, there's a contrast there. There's such a scarcity. He's, he's out in the wilderness with, with nothing. But, um, I don't know. I would. I would really love hearing an exploration of that mm. to to bring fresh eyes to who this this person is, who who John yeah. was. And um, I loved a little bit. Um, Anne Rice does this kind of imaginatively in her novels, right. um, and The Chosen does this kind of imaginatively as they look at the story, the TV series mm-hmm. of Jesus, because they're cousins. There's a family connection there. John and Jesus are cousins. John and Jesus are cousins. They've, they've known each other from infancy. Their mothers know each other. Certainly they've heard the stories of their conception and birth. They're the same age. And I think Sometimes we read this as though there was a random prophet out in the wilderness and Jesus just happened to walk by and what do you know, you know, but there's yeah. a history there. There's a yeah. a family history and connections. So. But unknown what
0: it is. I mean, exactly. did they know each other? Do they, I mean, doesn't John say elsewhere, I, w- I wouldn't have recognized him if, if it weren't for the fact that the Holy Spirit lit upon him. I, I, he does. I'm pretty sure that's somewhere. I'm going to, I'm going to look while we're chatting. and see Yeah, find, find it. That.
1: Cause I don't know what.
0: Uh, you know, but I mean, what is meant by that? Even, even so, I mean, right. like, yeah, I knew it was Jesus. I just didn't know he was the Messiah exactly. until that or what, you know?
1: And, and we're, when he's proclaiming this one more powerful than I is coming after me, I'm not worthy to bend down and tie the strap of his sandals. Is he, I baptize with water. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Is he, th- does he have Jesus in mind or is he declaring a prophetic word? I, I mean, I think a lot is, did their moms tell them the stories you know, have they, they heard had from to, the mothers? Right? I
0: think they, they had, had to. to. It's just, what do you do with that? And I don't you know. You would think
1: I mean... they had to, which is why I have a hard time believing there's not a connection there. If that, you know, if John had heard that story, he's heard his own, the miraculous, his own for miraculous conception, what happened with his father not being able to speak. I mean, all of this and this sense of, purpose on his life i don't know i think he would have known
0: so john says this this is in the gospel of john not to be confused with john the baptizer but john 1 29 and following the next day john saw jesus coming this is again john the baptist saw jesus coming toward him and said look the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world this is the one i meant when i said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me i myself did not know him but the reason i came baptizing with water Mm -hmm. was that he might be revealed to israel then John gave this testimony, I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, <clears throat> I, I, if I had to just like Answer the question immediately, like, what does that mean? I, you know, without doing any research, I, I think that um, it's got to mean that John knew absolutely who Jesus was, like you said, as right. a cousin, and recognized him, whether he would not seen him for a while or not, doesn't seem likely. But that the idea of, like, knowing him for certain to be the Messiah, that he had been given those, met those, like, God had said, this is how you will know, and John the Baptist is seems like a pretty intense guy who would say... I do not know who it is until I see the sign that God has yeah, told maybe. me to watch for.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, or, and maybe, maybe it's a sort of sense of confirmation. Like if he has sure. been told the story of the annunciation, the story of Jesus's birth and all mm-hmm. the signs of his coming and mm-hmm. all of this, but this is the moment where he has personal confirmation yeah, as a prophet that Jesus is the one and, you know this inaugurates Jesus's ministry after his baptism so it's i you know. know i'm always impressed with
0: John though his ability i mean when it says um the whole judean countryside <laughs> and all the people of jerusalem <laughs> went out to him that's a pretty that's a pretty radical sort of ministry he already had so i i'm just <clears throat> i'm consistently impressed to think of somebody with i mean it's wild Uh, that level of platform we would say now like (laughs) somebody who had fully arrived if they wanted to who a hundred percent was just like i am literally just here to tell you about someone else and as soon as that person appears i'm out i'm out yeah he was just like i must decrease he must increase was john's beautiful phrase for it and then he went and did that and and like, you know, no, God didn't say, Oh, no, John, you've done so well. Let me <laughs> keep you up there right by Jesus. No, right, John no. was beheaded very soon thereafter, yeah. as if as if what John said was right, that he, John needed to decrease. So, John dies shortly after Jesus's mm-hmm. ministry starts. As, yes, as a way of all the attention now is to be focused on Jesus. But, but I mean,
1: the, what which you is think? stunning. What, uh, John's when you think a fascinating of that. character like that. He really is. And I think we tend to, understandably as Christians, be waiting for that moment when Jesus comes on the scene here. And of course, yes, (laughs) it's interesting to think about how long this had gone on before. How long had John been in the wilderness? What was it that drew so many people out for repentance and forgiveness of sins? This was a move. The spirit was preparing the way. Yeah, it's true. Through John, the the path was being made clear. There were road roadblocks. the The mountains were being leveled mm-hmm. and 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 raised up. Because when you think of the the tenderness of people's hearts, if they were going out and being baptized for repentance and the forgiveness of sins, that's a striking movement.
0: Well, it's something big is afoot. At something that something
1: big is afoot, and. Uh, yeah, all of Jerusalem, the whole Judean countryside.
0: And yet, and yet this is the prelude. Like this mm-hmm. isn't even the main event. I mean, something so big is already happening such that the religious leaders, the, the political leaders, everyone is eyes on John going, have you heard, have you heard, yeah. have you heard about this guy? And this guy isn't even the main event. This is, this is not the, what do they say? It's not the headliner, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever. He's the, so that's. That's wild to me. And
1: what would it have been like to be someone hearing that? Like if you had gone out to hear John, you were penitent, you did want to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And he was telling you somebody else is coming. And what you know when you're the already Holy Spirit, yeah. baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's no, what's that mean he's too? pronouncing that. He's one more powerful than I. Here I'm not worthy. So Just, much more powerful. So so much of this coming. There would it's, it's interesting that Advent gives us this for the readings, because what a sense of anticipation. Yes, that's the word. So we tend to kind of leap over this and think, oh, but Jesus began his ministry and off we go. But for them, they were in the moment. They were waiting in anticipation and yeah, expectation. They don't, they don't know what comes next. Or when. Or, or when. So it very has... It very much has this flavor of Advent. They know what's coming next, but they don't know when. They don't know who. And they've who. had a foretaste. They've had a foretaste. And they're all they're, in. They've been yeah. baptized. They are there right. listening to John in yeah. all his uh, sparseness mm. and austerity.
0: Austerity, yeah.
1: And believed in this repentance of sin this is what they're participating in right. it no, the, is a preparing of way it is a tilling of their hearts
0: the 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 movement has already happened like mm-hmm. the big thing is already afoot you mm-hmm. that's a great i've never made that observation before um i think that's a really interesting thought like all, all the people are in that same they're in that posture of advent where they're going here it is oh my goodness it's happening i'm a part of it i'm i'm all in on this and then john says no the real thing hasn't even begun yet. <laughs> the real thing is so much bigger than this yeah. that I'm not worthy to even untie his sandals. The glory of, I mean, he'll, he he's going to do, yeah, sure, the same thing, but I'm just baptizing with water. He's going to baptize yeah, well, with the Holy Spirit. Here's but what I think is really. That's where we are right, right now in time.
1: Well, and I think what's really curious when I think about this idea is that John has, I think Mark here is is—is helping us connect John's work with this preparing the way for the Lord, the work of repentance, of clearing the way, preparing the way for the Lord, making straight paths. We do get this this mm-hmm. language in other places in scripture. I'm thinking of Hebrews 12 and other places of, of making straight paths. Mm-hmm. However, that is the preface. And I know it's yeah. ongoing, but the point of the making straight paths isn't, that's not the end to just then have very straight paths. It's so that Jesus so that can, can arrive. Yeah. It's that he can come and he can be welcomed. Yeah, a way of welcoming him. And, um, no, I might linger with that a little bit hmm. this year, this nice. year, this week, this maybe week. this year, I don't know, <laughs> but this week. That'd be quite
0: the linger <laughs> on, on a sudden thought. I love it. Um, who knows? Well, um, I'm just, uh, as a concluding thought, I'm just going through the paces in my head here of what I might are you preaching
1: uh, Advent too?
0: I am not okay. uh, and I usually i often do um so uh, I just thinking you what know, yeah do you have any thoughts for anyone who's prepping a sermon?
1: um I don't know if no. the person who's preaching in our parish is I want to hear John I want to know John as a character more, you want to more i you want to hear you want to ponder John I, the I want to ponder John the Baptist a little bit more yeah. uh and encounter him not like i don't mean this in in some sort of performative way like make him fresh to me or something but more in the (laughs) sense of help help us see him accurately maybe help help us peel back some of the the layers that that he wears just because of our collective imagination
0: well along those lines one thing I would say to preachers because I I if I were preaching I would focus on John the Baptist. Um this is I- You know, I've already said I love Mark's gospel, but um, I think if you are going to do a character sketch sort of sermon, uh, then I think it's it's definitely an important Sunday to take a look at the other three gospels Mm -hmm. and notice what you don't get from Mark's gospel. Fill in the rest of that picture for your listeners, so that if you're going to be talking about John the Baptist, they've got the fuller data uh, in front of them. And uh, so, yeah, yeah,
1: I think it'd also be interesting to explore the lectionary is noting for us the intertextuality between Isaiah and, and Mark here. Certainly. And so that there's a lot to explore there yeah. of why John well, is quoting Isaiah and what, what that, how that would have landed.
0: And that's one of the fun things about the lectionary in general, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's often finding those links, those commonalities as parallels.
1: Helping us out.
0: <laughs> Helping us out. Before
1: the days of internet commentaries and clicking, Four days of clicking to Google find it. them. Yeah, exactly.
0: Google it. Find out what happens. Well, um, this is interesting. Advent too. Always a fun season. Good to be in Advent and looking mm-hmm. forward to um, each and every Sunday. Yes. Thank you all and for so spending time will, with us. you, you want to close, close us out with the
1: collect? With the collect, if I still have, have it up. I it right here for you. Excellent. If you want. Let's pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, it's been good to be together on this second Sunday of Advent.
1: Thank you for joining us as always.
0: Yep. We look forward to having you with us next time at Home with the Lectionary.
2: Water level rising, living almost broke All the politicians have gone up in smoke You take up your cross, I'll take mine We'll go up to higher ground and wait out the time Jesus, don't pass us by Jesus, don't tarry now Some say you won't return Jesus, it might as well be tonight We should not be troubled for the Bible to say War, tribulation will greet the final day Brother, share the gospel Sister, do the same Sing the saintly chorus Till we join that refrain Jesus, don't pass us by Jesus, don't tarry now Some say you won't return Jesus, it might as well be